15, love. <laughs> 30, love. Love is zero. Yeah. See, you get it now. You get it now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hello, and welcome to Bromancing the Stone. It's the podcast for myself, Renee Sanchez, and my good buddy, Max Lyon. What up? Watch Rob Cubs and then record our thoughts and place them on the internet for the tens and tens of listeners. Listening pleasure. And Max, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. I've got everything I need on the screens right now. I've got the Ducks game. I've got yeah. the Giants game. Yeah. And I got you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have the Ducks game on my other screen over here as well. And, you know, speaking of sports, we watched Wimbledon this week. A sport that's pretty much over now for this year because <laughs> the four Grand Slams have already happened. But at the same time, figured... It's, it's still a pretty solid movie. Who cares about it making sense within the calendar year? Let's go ahead and watch it anyway. How dare you choose something that doesn't fit in the calendar year? That is the... <laughs> when the hell yeah. even is Wimbledon? Pardon me for being illiterate in that subject, but... Uh, Wimbledon happens in July. July? Or, okay. Well, end of June and first week of July. Wait, and what's the Grand Slam again? The Grand Slam is the Australian Open, which happens in January. Okay. The French Open, which happens in uh, late okay. May, early June. And then Wimbledon, which happens in late June, early July. And then the U.S. Open, which happens at the end of August, early September. Oh. Okay. U.S. just awesome. has to be a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um Australian yeah. Open, huh? I guess I never really thought of Australia as a big tennis country, but I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, one of the greatest men's players, uh, Rod Laver, is Australian. 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 Yeah. Right. And, uh, didn't didn't we already lose our Australian sh- uh, listeners? <laughs> for what? I don't know. I feel like there was an early episode where we were trying to do Australian accents for too long, and we were just like, well, there goes all of our Aussie listeners. Yeah, yeah. You're probably right, because <laughs> every time I try to go British, it ends up Australian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah, no. But, uh, but yes, we watched Wimbledon with uh, Paul Bettany and Who Kirsten is not Guns. Australian. Yeah, and Sam Neill playing the dad, and James McAvoy playing uh, <laughs> psychotic brother. brother. Yeah, um, and also and John Favreau. Playing fucking John Favreau. Yeah, provided the comic relief. Oh my god! Oh man, fantastic. Um, so, uh, I've seen it once before. I saw it in theaters with my mom. Oh, did you? Yes. Um, God, how many of these movies did you guys see together? Uh, literally, this Holy was one of the shit. 
This was one of our activities that we did. I mean, I know you said that, but damn, I didn't realize till now just how many. This is incredible. My mom loved going to the movies. And when she went to the movies, she would want to watch a rom-com. And she also didn't believe in getting a babysitter for me. So she would just take me to the movies with her. So right, right. a lot of parental guidance movies that I saw when I was like really young and stuff like that. Right. So, you know. And then my dad also loved going to the movies. And so I saw, so for a different podcast that I uh, had one episode with uh, our Reese Witherspoon expert. Oh, Matt yeah. On, uh, called Where's the Subtlety? Um, a lot of those movies that we would have watched, like, you know, um, American Pie and uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back and those types of movies, I saw with my dad. So he's the one who got me into those when I was a teenager. But my mom, she's the one who I went with to go see rom-coms. That's awesome. Yeah. So, And now I don't go to the movie theater at all. <laughs> yeah. There's some good movies actually coming out in theaters finally. And I, it's kind of mm-hmm. making me consider it, especially with the weather getting a little chillier. Fuck, dude. The chillier weather. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's nice, but God, I get so scared of what comes next. <laughs> Bring back uh, Wimbledon by, weather. By the way, your chaos ball update for fellow Mariner <laughs> fans along with me. Uh, they are losing 11 to one to the angels at the top of the fifth with an eight run angels third inning. Chaos ball. <laughs> All right. Um, Still in for the wild card, though. <laughs> They're about to be three back with eight to play, but whatever. Hey, if they pull a little St. Louis Devil magic. Uh, let's talk about something not so sad, like the movie Wimbledon. <laughs> Wimbledon is a 2004 romantic comedy film directed by Richard Longcrane. Uh, the film stars. Oh, I dare say, it. Richard Longcrane. Richard Longcrane. Oh, I dare say. It. I dare say. It's Richard, that old chap. <laughs> I saw Richard on the tennis courts not too long ago. <laughs> um, the film stars Paul Bettany as a journeyman tennis pro, once ranked 11, and Kirsten Dunst as an up-and-coming tennis star. Sam Neill and John Favreau co-star. Um, that they do. Yes. Uh, the movie is 98 minutes long, although... You know, with the credits and everything, it really is about 90. So it's a perfect amount of time, perfect yep. duration. They really don't. Yeah, they don't. Uh, they're not slow about this at all. They really just get in, get it going. You know, there's no no fluff here. So kind of like uh, uh, Kirsten, Kirsten does his dunst. Jesus Christ. Kirsten dunst. Now I'm. What the fuck is it? Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. Kirsten Dunst is. Yeah, I can't. Fuck it. You know. <laughs> God damn. Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, I get that. And then I can't get the possessive. But you can't say it. Though. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Kirsten that's, that is Dunst. the possessive. You say Dunst because Dunst. it's a T. Like you're adding a D sound at the end. Kirsten that you don't need to. Dunce. 
Dunces. Yeah. Kirsten Dunce. Anyway, now I forgot what I was going to fucking say about her. Oh, just like her moves. Her moves. The yeah. joke falls flat now. <laughs> her moves in the movie where she makes the moves on Paul Bettany. And yes. Those are not, uh, not slow. How much do you think the budget for the film was? Um, This one's kind of out of my element. So I'm going to say... Twenty million. Thirty-one million. Okay. I mean, they do film at some upscale places, including actually filming at Wimbledon. Although they only got center court for the final, <laughs> they didn't get center court for any of the other matches. <laughs> You'll notice, even though Lizzie Bradbury is technically highly ranked, you would think that some of her matches would be on center court. But nonetheless, we'll let that go. Um, how much did it make at the box office? Sixty-five million. Made forty-one point five million dollars. Damn. Yeah, not tremendously successful. Mm. Uh, yeah, it would be considered slightly of a bomb, uh, mostly because Paul Bettany is not a well-known leading actor. He's a well-known like supporting actor, right? And, right. and quite talented, but he was—he's not known as a leading man. And then also. You know, Kirsten Dunst was real hot at the time, so that probably cost some money as well to get her in. Yeah, she was... I mean, this was right around the Spider-Man movies, so she Mm -hmm. was a huge name at the time. Um, Also, the movie was released September 17th in the United States of 2004 and released September 24th in the United Kingdom of 2004. So we're reviewing it right around when it got released 17 yeah. years ago. How about that? How about that? That's that why we're. That's why we watched it this week. I totally do that. Totally. We do totally. this every time, man. We plan this shit. <laughs> we got a calendar. Um, we got the strings connecting the the pins and the cork board. Exactly. Oh man. Charlie Day style. <laughs> just chain smoking cigarettes just chain smoking them <laughs> uh, and so let's go to the Rotten Tomatoes hey, yes, what the do you think tomatoes. the Rotten Tomatoes score of this film is um six no four no sixty percent Good guess. Really? 61%. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, when you first said six and then said no, I'm like, oh, I'm going to fucking I'm gonna play with this. <laughs> and then you came back to it I'm like, oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning. I'm learning yeah. to curb my second thought and just be like, no, dude, go with your first instinct. Uh Oh, wow. There's another movie that you might also like from here that I've seen once before that I think I will choose next. Mm. Anyway. Uh, in two weeks, of course. Uh, the Critics' Consensus, a predictable, bland rom-com, but Bettany proves to be an appealing lead. Okay. Okay. Because, I mean, this was kind of his first, you know, leading man you know, kind of role 
that people. That's true. Yeah. And I thought he handled it pretty well. Yeah. Um, the uh, Richard Propes of the Independent Online gave it a three out of four and wrote, I cared about the resolution of the film and the closure for these characters. That's a positive review. <laughs> wow. I cared about how it ended. That's, That's not quite the positive you'd need, but yeah. <laughs> um, also considered another positive review by someone we've talked about before, Nell Manal of Common Sense Media, a top critic, according to Rotten Tomatoes. Three out of five, considered a positive review. Uh, the blurb works better as a sports movie than a love match. I disagree. I do too. I think, yeah. Um, Dave Calhoun of Time Out, uh, also considered a top critic. Uh, his review is considered negative. Um, wrote, all in all, it's rather pleasant, but nothing else. Hmm. I think there's a little more to it. Yeah. Uh, Nick Shager of Lessons of Darkness, also considered a top critic. Uh, Where do they get these places? I don't know. God. Uh, but he wrote, lobs nothing but cliches. Uh, way to use tennis terminology. Uh, 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 pot calling the kettle black. Uh, Chris Hewitt of the Houston Chronicle, also considered a top critic, gave it a negative review, but wrote this blurb. The movie needs the star's charm. The, the two stars charms and director Richard Lawn Crane's polish because the faulty script is just barely good enough to hold us for a hundred minutes. Jesus. I didn't think not the script was that bad. It, I agree, but at the same time, not terribly off the mark there. Cause no. I mean, we kind of talked about how they didn't really waste time with this. Like without it, we could talk about that more in a little bit um and then we'll find one more <laughs> jesus um, let's go with this one james christopher of the times in the uk considered a top critic three out of five considered a positive review richard lawn crane's romantic fantasy wimbledon is cruelly designed to make feeble-minded tennis fans go weak in the knees. And as such, it works perfectly. I mean, I would say there's something to be had here for anyone who's ever played a sport competitively on any level. I mean, I agree. I've anyone never played any sports movies. Yeah. I've never played yeah. any tennis or anything and never even really watched tennis. And fuck, I got into the tennis aspects. Yeah. Um, I'll actually end with this one. Angie Arago of Empire Magazine, also considered a top critic, wrote three out of five on this one. Uh, Bettany is charming, and thankfully he and Dunst are appealing together. So let's end with that. Mm. Because I think that's true. Agreed. Uh, so. Before we go any further, just a yes. quick quick uh, check. I can't see any uh, on my end. Can you? Oh, I see them all. Okay, good. 
yeah so we're we're good okay we're good because i just realized i've been like flatlining on my end the whole time <laughs> i was like fuck oh. i really hope you can hear me <laughs> we're gonna keep this all in too but yeah we're so we ain't using yours recording that you download <laughs> We'll just use the one on my end. He'll just be talking <laughs> to the air. There's just yeah. dead silence. Good point. <laughs> you just patch in random like sound effects in between. Whatever. <laughs> 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 so, you know, the, the first thing... I guess, like, you know, we can't talk about the, I, you know, the, what I joked about how it just didn't really worry about going too deep into things. Yeah, um, I think let's dive into the script because we always bitch about the script and the Moody's lately. So, and that yeah. seemed to be what the most of the reviews harped on. Yeah, that it wasn't, that it wasn't you know, anything new and that, you know, it was bland yeah. and so on and so forth. I mean, yeah, I mean, the uh, format, I mean, the yeah, the plot, not the plot. Yeah, the writing it was just, yeah, it was standard. It was a very standard rom-com. Agreed. It, it, it's, you know, but at the same time, that's kind of what we come, that's what we come here for. Like, I was going to say, like, it kind of, I mean, yeah, it may have been, like, predictable and standard, but it, they did it well. Like, yeah, like, rom-coms work best when they, when, when you treat them like your favorite sit-down restaurant in your hometown. Yeah. It's just like, okay, I'm going to go to my favorite sit-down restaurant in my hometown, whether it's, like, a diner or whether it's, like, some Italian restaurant or whatever the case may be. I'm going to go here. I'm going to order. I'm probably going to order either one of three things that I've tried here. And I know I like, mm -hmm. and that's going to come over. I'm going to enjoy the hell out of it. I'm going to have a good conversation with my company that I'm with. I'm going to have a couple drinks and I'm going to go home and it'll be a nice night. A nice night will be had. You know what to you know. expect. You know what kind of quality you're getting, what kind of service you're getting. You just, it's just, it's all exactly as it should be. Exactly. And so, you know, it, that's that's what this movie is. Now, there's some rom-coms that, you know, go beyond it. And so then that's more like, you know, going to like a, a Michelin star restaurant or, right. you know, or, or maybe, a restaurant with a unique experience or a, like, yeah, or, a or quite frankly, <laughs> maybe the same sit down restaurant is maybe it's the same sit down restaurant. But they got a new chef back there who like put a little extra on something like, you know, I mean, because sometimes, you know, like if you got like a good breakfast spot you like to hit and like me, you like a nice chicken fried steak with some gravy on it and everything else like that. And, you know, you order it like this one has a little extra gravy or the chicken fried steaks like fried a little extra special. And you're just like, oh, this this is this is hitting different. Like this is <laughs> this isn't just the same normal Chicken. This is extra good today. Yeah. Like, you know, when you order the usual and it's extra good, like that's when you have a good rom com. I feel like this one's just a. This one is, you know, more on the that's extra good rom com side. Yeah. Because 
because it does have the sports aspect to it. We're both sports fans, as we announced the very, I think, part like announcing that we had games on in the background (laughs) with recordings actually works for this episode because it lets people know how much of sports fans we are and how much sports is a a nice extra aspect to this. Um, Yeah. I mean, normally I would just have the Giants game on and the Ducks are nice. Well, they were a nice bonus. What the fuck? Arizona scored? Yes. God damn it. I I told you it's, you know, like Arizona was somehow going to score. And it was going to be like, what the hell? Anyway. Anyway. Um, Yeah, you called it. (laughs) Looking over there. (laughs) So, (laughs) but the, like... What I liked about the sports aspect of it, it reminds me of like this almost feels like the spiritual parent to Ted Lasso. <laughs> and I know you haven't seen Ted Lasso, I but this is kind of how Ted Lasso feels in, in that, you know, it's got a good amount of sports and like sports situations, but on top of it, a lot of background story because sports can often be a nice, a nice metaphor for a lot of life shit. You know, a lot of lessons can be learned that are transferable to the rest of your life experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's like, uh, that's why I love watching baseball sometimes is because it not only teaches you a lot of life skills just in teamwork and, strategy and cooperation and everything but then you know then you get the added drama of it the magic behind it like that's the beauty of sports sometimes is it it gives you like a nice micro dosage of life in certain moments and it prepares you for how to deal with those kinds of stressors and stimuli yeah and you know the and also you know i think they do I think in the script, one thing it does do well is intersperse sports into life and moving on to a different phase of life. Oh yeah. Which we talked about at the beginning of the, of the movie, which is how he's trying to figure out a way to transition to a new phase of life, especially with tennis because tennis, their primes hit so young and then they have to like even more, it, yeah, how old is he? Thirty four. He's thirty two, I think. Thirty two. Holy shit! Yeah. Yeah, he's technically younger than us. <laughs> like, wow. Okay, I'm yeah. retiring from from tennis. Oh shit. Okay. Well, I yeah. can still go play it's, baseball, I guess. <laughs> yeah, he talks about how basically every day since he was seven, like for like when he talks about the math, he says for twenty five years he's been. Right, before his right. first round match, it's like for 25 years, he's been doing such and such and so so. So, like, since he was seven years old, he's been uh, he's been training at tennis to be a tennis player. He was one of the lucky ones to have enough talent to actually make it a profession. Yeah. But it's like he's and now it's about to end. And God. it's just like, like to have done something for 25 years and to finally be like, imagine like that pit in your stomach you had when you were graduating college, like I have to go get a job. Yeah. Like, I have to go, like when you're moving on from college Yeah, and everything, 
but now you're leaving tennis like and but you're leaving a like a professional sport and you're like oh i have no other training in anything else i just know how to play tennis that's such a like i didn't take math and english and science and like no i i just played tennis god that would be that would be extra terrifying to have to like to have that be your focus for so long yes that nothing else really matters. oh my god fuck and so to use that as like the background of you know going on to a new phase uh, and but then but then at the same time they don't dwell on it right so you know so that's some so that's where they save time but like because they don't dwell on it it doesn't like bog the movie down and then it and so and it allows the relationship and the love story to be a happy replacement right. for you know and then at the very end he gets to say oh i learned like you know life was just beginning sort of thing yeah. yeah yeah exactly that's a great lesson i love that lesson whenever they bring that up in a rom-com that's a yeah. good that's a good lesson to have synonymous with the love story it's because that's more often than not you know love transforms you in a way that helps you grow and like helps develop mm-hmm. you as a person so mm-hmm. i loved the way they did the um the voiceovers for him mm-hmm. in clutch moments where he's like, you can hear him thinking that inner dialogue. That was a great way of illustrating how he's actually feeling going through this change, going through this new phase. Yep. And like, it, you know, that the, the voiceovers, especially because it also allowed for you know bits of comedy to be in in yeah. interspersed as well. Very you know? relatable comedy, like yeah. It was <laughs> like I was chuckling at half of it because it was like fuck, I've been there. <laughs> yeah, when, when he's just like, I wonder what you know what her like, or like what her. Uh, how she'll where her tastes are with like yeah well this is this is wimbledon don't don't kid yourself you could you could win a lot of money retire open get a big (laughs) house i wonder what her decorating taste would be exactly that it is just like it's just oh christ live in the moment you punts yeah i've been like i because i played tennis in high school and oh yeah i forgot you did I did, yes. Uh, I played doubles mostly. So with doubles, you know, you you only have to think half the time because <laughs> <you>, like, <laughs> and it, it's doubles is a little you know a little easier because you have someone else to lean on and everything else. Right. But I did play a singles match before, um, and like I played one varsity singles match, and I won in three sets. Because that's as long as because we played two out of three, and I won in three sets. And in the third set, I was down five two. Okay. And I had to come back, and I won that set seven five. Damn. Um, 
Do you, hey, you know how sets work in tennis, right? Isn't it like it's three first sets? one to six? Okay, no, I don't. So, uh, so first one to six. Yeah. So the scoring goes uh, fifteen love, love or fifteen thirty forty, and then you win. So basically four points. You got to win by two though. Okay. So. So those are all points. So every single, so those are, that's a single point. When you win four points and you win by two, then you win a game. Okay. Game set match. So, right. Yeah. And so in this case, like you win six games, that's a set. Okay. And then you have to win two. In this case, we had to win two sets out of three. Jesus. Yeah, so that's like, how the scoring works. It's like the combination lock of sports. <laughs> exactly. <Fuck. laughs> so much so, math involved. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, that's how tennis scoring works. Um, but yeah, in this case, as I mentioned, I was down 5-2 in the last set. So basically... Uh, and also with T or with high school tennis, there's eight matches, four singles matches and four doubles matches, all worth a point. And so we were down four, three. So if I lose, we lose the overall meet between teams five to three. If I win, we tie, you know? Right. And so then I came back and I won the match and we tied and, we sucked as a team, which is why I played varsity for three years. <laughs> um, so, so a tie was even like a like we were celebrating. Like, yeah, we tied. We kept those fuckers from winning. Yeah, <laughs> did not lose. Did not lose. Um, but, uh, but nonetheless, it. You know, all this sort of tennis talk and everything else like that, it it adds to the, you know, the love story between Paul Bettany and, and Kirsten Dunst, which the big thing about between those two is that they had chemistry for days. They on-screen chemistry. Fucking did. Yeah. God damn. I'm what? like legitimately surprised by Paul Bettany as a lead. First of all, it's getting into the acting role, but like still their chemistry mm-hmm. fucking spot on. Like she is, she is golden from the beginning. Like the way she is coming on to him in the beginning, her confidence mm-hmm. level, everything. Like her easy smile in the movie. Yes. Oh Just, my God. Her yeah. smile. Her her easy smile, like even like it was, you know, like it, that smile was like a like she knew something, but also the smile she would give like when she was like flattered or it, it was all the same yeah. smile. It was that mischievous like, yeah. but also girl next door like, like trustable smile, trust trustworthy, trust yeah, trustworthy, yeah. Yeah, and it, it, it all, yeah, it, it all told a story throughout the movie. Oh my god, time. there was that fucking speaking of telling a story and her expressions. There's that whole scene with Sam O'Neill and her, 
in their kitchen. Yeah. When yeah. she's pissed at him towards the end, there's zero dialogue. It's like a good Watch twenty you. second scene. Zero dialogue, and I swear to God, you could have like cut the tension in that room with a knife. Yeah. Holy like, shit! The amount of things that were said between yeah, she pours the coffee and walks away. That's it. He's listening to a broadcast and he shuts off the TV. That's it. And then they look at each other, and then she walks away. Like, but the amount of detail you get from the what they're both doing. How he does it, he aggressively shuts off the TV, but in a not an overbearing way. And then mm-hmm. she just gives him the most perfect glare. It's not too much, but you it's it's the you know I fucking hate your guts right now, glare. And then calmly, but like in a poutedly way, walks off. And it's like, God damn, like there's so much in that scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. like a hundred percent. It, it, it was just that was the thing with the like. That's why one of the reviews I read was about how I talked about like Paul Bettany and uh, Kirsten Dunst's charm and Richard Longcrane's direction. Yeah. A lot of what the script didn't say, they said. Exactly. Exactly. That's what allowed this movie to not have to be as long. Yeah. And still feel like it made sense and still feel plausible. Yeah. Yeah. Like their relationship seemed fairly plausible. I mean, I I can't really say from a professional athlete standpoint, but. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, there were a lot of realistic elements about it. Holy fuck. Some of their like some of their the way they talk to each other. Like. Paul Bettany's character, what was his name? Uh, Peter Colt. Peter Colt. I dug that dude. I get that dude. (laughs) Like, I am that dude in relationships, 100%. Yeah. Like, he reminded me of, of, like, a more emotionally put together, uh, Fuck, what was... I forget the character's name. But more put together with Hugh Grant from Notting Hill. Oh, yeah. I can totally see that. There there are a lot of Notting Hill similarities in this relationship. Um, Like, in that she's the, you know, big star. He's the kind of forgotten nobody who's English. Uh, She's American. Yeah, but, but she knew who he was. Because she mentions right. it at the sushi restaurant. And then on top of that, he is he is still a professional tennis player. So there's still a confidence to him that he's able to portray and, and thus, you know, woo her. Right. With, instead of just being a foppish, you know, Hugh Grant. Like, you know, so, so, like, in that way, it was refreshing. Yeah, absolutely. Because then you didn't have to deal with like the whole self-deprecation the whole time and how she basically loves him despite the fact that he's constantly putting himself down. Like he's not putting himself down this movie. So like it's yeah. a lot easier to, yeah. to deal with as a as a viewer. He really did overdo that in Notting Hill. Yeah. 
Fuck. That's just Hugh Grant in general. Yeah, that's just Hugh Grant. Yeah. <laughs> that's Hugh Grant movies in general. Which, um, uh, like we've always said, if it's balanced out with like funny Hugh Grant where he's doing cool shit, then it's it's totally bearable. But when it's the whole movie yeah. where he's like doing it, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, and Notting Hill, I think, I mean, you and I differ in opinion. I know, but. So. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I think that the you know they, that, they have great chemistry they really do and that chemistry shows through and even in the meat cute which you know gets explained away at that sushi restaurant later which helps yeah because uh, otherwise also, it's a little unrealistic but i think the chemistry also shows through in the kiss of the film oh my god does it you know what you take the lead on the kiss of the film because like, i think we both agree on what it is you 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 describe the scene, describe it all. Go ahead, take it. <sighs> okay, let's see here. Well, actually, here, get me started. What was the lead up to it? The very like the whole. Premise. So, uh, basically, they run away from the event like that. He the at agent takes him to, takes Peter to, and yeah. they both have an off, and they both have an off day from the tournament, so they go to his place. Which it, it appeared it was filmed on on the shore or on the coast of uh, Brighton, so Brighton is a coast town uh, that's about an hour south of London, hour or two south of London. Okay, as far as a drive, so that's where Peter has his like has his home, has his apartment, place, whatever, um, and so uh, they escape to there. And then as they escape to there, they go out to exercise and they go for a run or whatever. And then they end up at this old tennis court. Oh, right. run down and right. has like old bumper cars that are abandoned and so on. Oh, and so my forth. God. So then they're like, so then they're playing air tennis back and forth. And he's reluctant to play at first. And she's, and she's announcing it. She's announcing it and she's doing it in like a cute way, but it's not like a. It's not like a, you know, a with her fake British accent. Yeah, with her fake British accent and oh my god. Oh my god, I'm already getting swept up in it again. Fuck. Um <laughs> and then and then what? And then she finally convinces him to join. And oh my god, yeah, that's what made it so fucking amazing. Like amazing rom-com moment. She hits one way up in the air, which forces him to look straight up. And what's up there that he stays looking at for a while as she comes over and stands next to him and looks up with him. But the comet that's reappeared multiple times throughout the movie. Yeah, in the background, they talk about a comet that's, you know, only only appears once every, you know, long ass time. Yeah, you know this once in a generation type situation. By the way, cheesy as fuck analogy, but fantastic analogy nonetheless. Like once in a lifetime, essentially yep. event. Yeah, like that's you know good old symbolism. Oh yeah, yeah. And I eat that shit up. Like let's go. Like yeah, I'll give me more of that. But it was just the right amount. It was like yeah, this is rom com cheesy. Yes. And then, sure enough, that leads to a kiss, and God damn it, if it isn't a good one. The way he cradles her. 
it the because whole, of the, it, the, of whole the size, thing the size disparity yeah. absolutely the cradling but the cradling that is led into slowly it's it starts with a, a first kiss that's just a good first kiss and then it leads to the second kiss where you pull back just for a second you go with like maybe a tip of the tongue and then it's then, you know, then the hands start coming. It's like you pull each other close. It's this escalation. My God. It was beautiful. It like, I'm putting it right up there. Not quite, but right up there with the Italian's kiss. <laughs> In leap year. In leap year. <laughs> A fucking I, plus for me. Yeah. Uh, you, you yelled out A plus after that kiss. Oh while my we were god! It. So <laughs> I was like, I figured I'd let you take the lead on it. Um, oh, I, I forgot! Was, I, I forgot the pan up. They pan up from the kiss above them. Yeah. Aerial. I'm like, God damn! Anyway, let's hear yes, what you got. It, it's everything you look for in a kiss from a rom com. Like it is. It, this is the exactly what Max wants from a kiss <laughs> in a rom com. Um, and it's honestly. Like and honestly, I ain't mad at it either. So I give it a solid A. Nice. Uh, as well. It nice. is well done. I just I just love the way he just like he's big enough to just cradle her and like and and she just she fit in his arms really yeah. well throughout the film. Yeah. And I just liked how they I liked how they worked cuddling wise. And and I don't I mean it's just which is an odd thing to say, but it really did work for the film. But they looked um, they looked good together. They looked yeah. good. Yes. Um, and then as far as anything else, you know, kudos to James McAvoy and John Favreau for the comedic release of the film. John they Favreau. Amazing. Fucking love that dude. Yeah. He was fantastic. So much comedic relief, but like again, yeah. perfect amount. It wasn't too much. Yes, wasn't all dirty jokes or anything. No penis jokes. Looking at you, Adam Sandler. Yep, yep. And like you know, there you know the punchline is like instead of a penis joke or anything else, it's more of a punchline of when he's looking at the sandwiches. It's like cucumber <laughs> or cucumber or cucumber or cucumber. <laughs> <laughs> like you know it's just little jokes like that like if if it was a Sandler movie it would have been something about like a fucking a bobby like or you know a a, a guard at the buckingham palace like farting or something. Yeah. but instead here it's a subtle joke about the cucumber sandwiches with tea and him just complaining about the fact that they're all cucumber fucking sandwiches. <laughs> Who the fuck eats a cucumber sandwich? And then later in the movie, he's like, can I get some of those, uh, what do you call those cucumber sandwiches? Yeah, and then he has someone for him because he gets used to them. So, it's just it's like little things like that. Like, that's how you write a goddamn punchline. Yes. In a film. So that's where I give credit back to the script because it's like where yeah. it was needed. When it was needed, the script was solid. Yeah. I mean, the broadest, like, most body joke of the film was when uh, Peter kicks Carl out of the out of the apartment slash, like, house, whatever you want to call that place. Um, and then he tells, and then Carl comes back in and says, uh, you may want to change your sheets. 
<laughs> like that's like the broadest, like most filthy joke in the film. So that was. Yeah. I'm wondering if that was ad libbed. I was wondering that as well when he because yeah. the expression that he puts into it after he does that, where he's like still peeking around the door and he does that like yeah like mischievous smile, like eh, yeah. you know what I mean. And then he, I was like, thinking the exact same thing. Yep. I wonder. I, I honestly like even John Favreau's lines. I could see a lot of them being ad libbed or expanded upon. Mm-hmm. Like, or there's, just yeah, there, there's some legitimately funny people in this movie that I'm sure ad libbed. Yeah, I mean, like uh, when uh, when he asks, like, "Hey, uh, aren't, you, aren't you supposed to be kissing up to Jake Hammond? I already did that this morning." <laughs> <laughs> Little things like that. Uh, like, I feel like it, 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 like he probably didn't have anything scripted, but he had a response. So he just let the response fly. And yeah. Then made the film sort of thing. And another, um, another backup to what you were saying earlier about not needing to show anything more is their dynamic. John Favreau's agent mm-hmm. and Paul Bettany's tennis player. That relationship, that dynamic, it, we understand it instantly yes they don't tell us any backstory or anything we instantly understand their dynamic and that's yes that's rare to do yeah that's probably also even more kudos to the actors too for for being yeah for playing off each other that well exactly like you know but it's just it's it's all talented actors putting on good performances with a solid story that is scripted like scripted in a in a competent manner yeah yeah that's it and that's and you know what that sounds like a really good fucking meal at a sit-down restaurant (laughs) it fucking does it fucking does i keep flashing back to like Back in the days of going back and getting like milkshakes at Sherry's. Uh, uh, Sherry's is exactly what I was thinking too. Really? Sherry's, like that's the Northwest that us right there. Dude. Like Sherry's is exactly what I was thinking. Cause that's, <laughs> that's where my mom would always take us. Is whenever it was a sit down thing, we went to Sherry's and like what, it, whether it was oh, like man. lunch, whether it was breakfast, like, yeah. You knew what you were getting, man. You knew what you were getting. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I knew I was going to get a hamburger, like with that Sherry's, um, if it was lunch or if it was breakfast, I was going to get breakfast food. And no matter what, like they had the same damn mugs. Mm -hmm. They had the same damn, same damn coffee, same damn juice, same damn. Oh, I would always get their, their milkshakes. And it was always a debate between the strawberry and the chocolate malt. God damn! Do they have a good chocolate malt? And then you know they'd give you the the so the silver thing that they mix it in along with yeah. So like they pour it in a milkshake glass for you, and then they would give you the rest of the milkshake that was still in the container. So you get like so you feel like you get like one and a half milkshakes. But really, it's just yeah. Best part, easily best part. Yeah, yeah. No, you you gotta have that. I know you have extra. Don't keep it back there. Bring the whole thing. Come on. Yeah. Give it to me. It didn't all fit in that glass. Don't you try to kid me. Yeah, exactly. 
so overall, what would your verdict for the film be? Or sorry, I mean, <laughs> I would go into what happens after her after, but they kind of talk about it. She like Lizzie wins Wimbledon twice in the U.S. Yeah. Open, and they have kids. I mean. There's not much else really to go into for what happens after or after. It's already been told, so that's cool. Uh, anyway, your verdict? They come out of retirement at the age of 60 and play one more match against each other, and one of them breaks a hip. And... <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, well, this one, this one was a good surprise. This one was a great a great choice i must say it was it was solid um i dug every goddamn second of it i gotta admit it was it was fun it kept me invested i cared about the characters i cared about the dynamic the romantic dynamic and is formulaic as you want to argue it could have that it was i even liked a lot of as we've already talked about the moral stuff behind it which Again, you could argue is surface level stuff, but it's applicable. It's a lot of life lessons. And I love the end where she comes in and she surprises him with a pep talk because God damn it, she knows he needs one. Mm-hmm. And she could have totally gone the route of be, been like, you know what? We met under these circumstances of an athletic atmosphere. So I'm going to make you be more athletic, even though your career is tapering off. She could have been that way and just be like, you know, get your shit together and go back out there and and win one more goddamn time. Yeah. But she didn't. She was just there to say, maybe that is what you are. Maybe you are going to win it. Maybe not. Like, but either way, you're going to give it your all. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be here to, to support it sort of thing. Like that was that was such a subtle but great way to handle that. And so, I don't know, just as simple as they were, is stuff like that throughout the whole movie. That really did it for me. I like I, I haven't watched it more than once, but I kind of want to give this one a Mary. I so. mean, I, like, I've, I've married films that I watched for the first time because I knew I wanted to watch them again and everything else. So like I, that's what Mary is for. I'm, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to watch this again. This is definitely a Mary. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, I... You know, I I agree. I'm going to marry it. Because, quite frankly, like... I mean, you've seen it twice not, now. Would you watch it again? I, I would I would definitely watch it again. It's just, I don't know if I would like necessarily like seek it out and put it on ahead of say like other movies. Like yeah. if I were, if I was in the mood to watch a rom-com or something else like that, like I'm going to watch Dan in real life before this. I'm going to watch the wedding date before this. I'm going to watch when Harry met Sally before this. I'm going to watch a lot of movies before this. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. At the same time, I would watch this again. And if for some reason I am in the mood for like just watching a sports movie with a nice love story. This is going to be the go-to. Yeah. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. For as far as sports movies go too, that have a love story. Like this is, this is a great one. 
it's a better love story than uh you know major leagues so oh hell yeah i honestly <laughs> even uh even if even though it's baseball i think i would actually put this ahead of well maybe not bull durham well, I think I it's a better one. I, I think it's, yeah, yeah, I think it's better than Bull Durham, and I think it's better than uh, like, I guess it's not really a rom com sports movie, but The Rookie. Remember that rom yeah. rom well, drum. I I remember that movie. I just I never watched it though. Or that well, you that. don't need to. You're not missing anything. It's Dennis Quaid. Yeah. But yeah, so. yeah. Nice. There you go. Well, that's that on that one. So you can find our socials. Uh, the show's Instagram is at Bromancing the Stone Podcast, all one word together. Bromancing the Stone Podcast. Uh, you can also find uh, Twitter at Bro the Stone Pod, and that's B R O T H E S T O N E P O D. And then you can find me on Twitter at Supermarket Sweep without the E in Super. So that's S-U-P-R Market Sweep. Uh, and then you can find me on Instagram at Relusa88. That's R-E-L-U-S-A-88. And then Max? On Instagram, you can find me at the Lionhearted, which is T-H-E period L-Y-O-N-H-E-A-R-T-E-D. There you go. And it is your choice next week for the film we will watch. So next week... We are going to fly across the, um, damn it, the strait. I, I swear I had one for this. <laughs> uh, the, the channel, the channel. There we go. The channel. Yes. Yeah. We're going to swim, channel it, whatever you want to do. Uh, <laughs> over to France for French kiss. Interest is that with Meg Ryan and Kevin Klein? Yeah, we're gonna go back a couple more years now. Okay, I have not seen that film before, but I know of it. Yeah, I've I think I've only seen it once, uh, but it was a long, long time ago. Um, yeah, nineteen ninety five, French Kiss, Kevin Klein, Meg Ryan. All right. That works for me. So until then, for the tens and tens of listeners, we love y'all. We thank you for listening. Have a great rest of the week. Love you guys.